This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are doing a deep league mock draft, 20 teams, and I'm joined by fellow Aussie B-Dub from the Fantasy Basketball International crew. Let's go! Talking about G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter or X at Ball Boys Fantasy. And like we said, guys, today we are doing a deep league mock draft, 20 teams, third round reversal, nine cat head to head. And uh, we've got B-Dub from the fantasybasketballinternational.com uh, crew. Um, Great site over there that you guys can go and check out. They've got an awesome Discord server if you're looking to join leagues. Uh, let's bring him in. B-Dub, how are you today, mate? G'day, mate. I'm doing well. Everything's going well, and we've got a nice sunny day down here in Melbourne for once. Yeah, how sunny day well? up here in Brizzy too, so it's always dangerous when two Aussies get on a podcast and talk fantasy basketball together. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get you on board. I think um, you were saying to me the other day, uh, first time uh, on, the, on the pod, uh, or guest guests appearing on a podcast this season? Yes, first one this season. I'm anticipating a few more coming up um, yep. as we get closer to the season start. But, yeah, it's nice to sort of uh, shake the dust off and get back into it. Yeah, let's do it. So with that said, we are going to come in. The draft is paused, but we're going to resume the draft right now. So let's turn those sounds off because those annoy the shit out of me. Um Let's quit that one there. No more dinging around. Okay, so we are drafting. We're actually drafting back-to-back here. We're at the back end of the this uh, draft order. You're at 16 and I'm at 17. I guess while we go through these first uh, few picks here, um, any particular strategy or things that you take into account when doing like a deeper format like this compared to your sort of smaller 12-team standard size? Uh, that's a good question. I think you need to prioritize things like points, uh, rebounds, and assists um, so that you can get those counting stats up nice and early. Obviously, um, you, uh, the, the deeper, the, the, the more teams that you've got in the league, um, the less impressive your averages are going to be across the yes. board. Um, so, yeah, you really, yeah, I guess, you need to really consider punting quite strongly as well. Agreed. Um, so yeah, it's a lot comes down to who's available at the time. I can see that we're flying through here with five picks off the board. So our turns might come up quicker than we're expecting. <laughs> yeah. We've got 45 second minute, uh, 45 second timers for picks here. So we should get going relatively quickly. Um, and these first round picks, obviously we, um, 
you know, we, we go through them. Now, with, with 20 teams, you're obviously going to have fewer. Now, this particular setup, I've got eight starters, four bench players. So we've got fewer starters going through here. Do you take more into account um, players who are maybe more injury prone and, and weight that risk higher in a 20-team league, being the fact that it's going to take up more of your starting roster spots? Or does it still mean the kind of same to you? Uh, I think I tend to prioritize younger guys, particularly at this moment in time. I think we're sort of coming to the end of an epoch in the NBA at the moment with your players like, you know, LeBron, um, even guys that are a bit younger, like, um, you know, uh, KD, like um, even Anthony Davis, who's younger again, um, that we're sort of going from one, um, you know, group of elite players and transitioning into the next one. So I think that's been the case for the last year or two, pretty much since um, the bubble, the bubble, um, uh, the bubble season. Um, so I've been prioritising the younger guys um, in the hopes that I'm going to get more games out of them. Um, ever since then, really. Yeah, I think I think that's that's true. I'm interested to see how things go this year when the the um, NBA is implementing the. Um, the first time doing that awards cutoff threshold was 65 games. I'd be interested to see how much, if any, that actually affects stars' motivations to get out and play more games. But, of course, sometimes if you're injured, you're injured. So you, you can't sort of fight through that. But I wonder if it does take the edge off some of those uh, players that might rest a little bit more. They're trying their best to kind of crack down on it. I'll just recap the first few picks of this draft. It's gone Jokic, Juan, Embiid, Shea at three, Halliburton four, Doncic at five, Tatum at six. To me, again, that's pretty consensus top six. Curry at seven, I think, is also starting to become pretty consensus. Lamelo Ball, Lillard, and then Giannis go in that next grouping there. I'm down with all of those picks so far. I think... Um, Lillard maybe is the riskiest one there at number nine, depending on what he does. He's starting to ramp up a little bit of the, I guess, the threats <laughs> to say that he's not going anywhere except Miami. Um, do you expect him to, like, what What do you think is the risk for, for Lillard at this point? I think the risk is that um, the Trailblazers dig their heels in and they don't, they hold off making a trade before, uh, the regular season starts. Yeah, he effectively sits on the sideline, um, you know, in Portland for a number of weeks or months um, while they wait for Miami to put their best foot forward. So, yeah, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit wary of Dane, to be honest. Um, I think the uh, like the comments that I hear coming from supposedly his camp, like I'm only going to report here, I'm only going to report there. Yeah, it's not really congruent with the dame that we've sort of yeah, known. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought he was a bit more of like a uh, professional than that in terms of, um, I, I would have expected if he, say, Boston traded for him that, you know, the, the dame that I at least know, not that I know the bloke, but um, that I see in the media and hear him talk, I, I thought he'd, he'd rock up to any sort of franchise and give it his best. But yeah, we'll see. Maybe it's just a leveraging kind of thing. Um, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I'm not... I'm, so yeah, I, I think that the, uh, the 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 downside risk is that he sits off, and it could be all the way through to the trade deadline. Uh, you're up next here, so you're on the clock. While you're making your decision on who you're going to pick, I'll recap those last few picks. So after Giannis went Trey Young at 11, which is higher than he's been going. I actually don't mind it. Edwards goes at 12, 13 goes Kevin Durant, uh, Anthony Davis at pick 14, and Donovan Mitchell at 15. You're on the clock here, mate. Where are you leaning? 
Um, I'm leaning. I'm going to go with. Uh, look, I've got a favourite player here that I like drafting around this area, but um, Sabonis has sort of fallen a little bit further than I expected. So I think I'm going to go with him mostly just to shore up the big man stats early so on. So you've gone Sabonis? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Making sure that wasn't an auto draft there as you wind the clock down talking to me. That's all right. Um, so Sabonis is off the board. All right. I'm deciding between probably two guards here in Devin Booker and Kyrie Irving. I think Irving obviously has the higher per game upside. Again, in this 20-team league. What do I For what it's worth, I was deciding between Sabonis and, and Booker. I think Booker's going to have a, a massive season. Booker's probably the safer uh, pick. I'll, I'll probably He's at the top of my queue there. I think I've got Kyrie ranked a little bit higher, but then again, I do agree that... Is this, is this thing going to let me draft him? Yeah, okay. Let's draft Devin Booker. I think that I do believe in the fact that if it's a 20-team league um, and you've got slightly shorter starting roster spots, I do weight the safety of those first couple of picks a little bit higher. Um then if I had, you know, if it was a more shallow league, uh, I want to make sure that I'm getting the value out of my first round pick here. And again, and then Kyrie goes immediately after. So I think I think those were the clear top guys there. Be interested to see who I compare him with on the way back. And Jaron Jackson Jr. goes at 19. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. So a lot think, of the guys um, going here that I think that should be. Go on. I think ironically, um, Booker's been less healthy than Kyrie. Um, over the last season or two. Yeah, less healthy, but less talking shit and getting suspended and, and extracurricular issues. So uh, for what yeah. it's worth, what, yeah. what's yeah. more risky? What can you count on more? Booker getting injured or Kyrie Irving doing something that gets himself suspended? I mean, it's... Kyrie's <laughs> due for a, due for a, uh, a, a controversy-free season, you would, you would think. Oh, you would think that, but, you know, we, we get to really see it these last few few years. So. Oh, he just got paid, so I think the uh, motivation for him to keep his mouth closed is probably less than it was yeah. Um, yeah. last year. He still seems to keep getting rewarded there. James Harden goes off the bench, uh, as well as Mikael Bridges, I think. Nigel here has not in the draft room, and we've set it to an auto-draft, so hopefully he enjoys that. I won't bother undoing that because we've got 20 teams to get through. So interesting pairing. Make sure you're at the draft. Look, James Harden, what, what are your thoughts on him as I'm getting ready for my next pick here? What are your thoughts on him in, again, a format like this, but also in maybe like 12-team leagues? Like how concerned are you and where do you think he should be going in drafts? Almost the same um, as what we were saying um, uh, before where... Uh, you know, with Dame, where you're sort of just concerned that he won't be playing for half the season. Yeah. You know, he's been pretty clear about, um, you know, uh, not wanting to play for the 76ers. And we know Daryl Morey is happy to sort of, um, you know, play the long game. And uh, if he's going to turn up to camp fat and, um, you know, uh, and so on, then, you know, he, he might not be able to 
produce at the level that um, he has in the past right away as well. So, again, you know, he's falling, he's fallen all the way to 20 here. I think that's that's justified. And even at 20, I'm not sure. I've, yeah, I've actually it, it's almost times. time to push a bit later for me um, the closer we get to the season. Um, I also just don't know if his upside's quite as high as Kyrie anymore. So, um, in terms of, like, the reward for that risk that you're taking... I'm not super high on it. I'm going to be going with a guy who I'm pretty high on for a big breakout this season. That is Cade Cunningham to pair with my Devin Booker here. Couple of, of guards. Yep, a couple of guards getting my assists early and points, threes, free throw percentage all up there. So over to you, who uh, right behind it. We're going to hopefully be sniping each other a few times. In this yeah, drive. well, you just, uh, you just succeeded in doing that to me. So thank you very much. Let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to determine... Um, am I going for uh, a guard here or a forward? I think I, the guy that I would normally go with is a is a forward here, um, but I'm just a bit concerned about getting the guard stats on the board. Um, so I'm going to um, go a bit early on this guy um, and grab that. Um, I like Darius. it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What's that, 25? Pick 25. Yeah, like you said, it's it's going to be hard to get those assists. I, I did a show on statistical um, scarcity um, a week or so ago, and, and assists was one of those things that after the first two rounds in a regular draft, like a 12-team league, after the top 25, they dry up dramatically. They almost half in terms of averages. Then they kind of flatten out over the next sort of five or six rounds. So if you want to be competitive in assists, it is important to get them really early. Um, and then you can focus after the first two rounds on getting sort of your big man stats after that. So um, especially in a 20-team league, that's amplified even more. So I, I definitely don't mind it if you want it to be competitive in assists. But it also probably lends itself more to that punt assist strategy being effective in a, in a league like this because it's going to be harder to, to get those guys who are... Uh, elite in that category. Absolutely. And the guy that I would normally take in that position is Larry Markkinen, and uh, he went off the board next. So that tells me that we're playing with some sharp drafters here. People are switched on. People are switched on here. Jordan Poole comes off the... Oh, so I will read out. We went Fred Van Vliet, Evan Mobley, who's one of my favorites again this season as well. Uh, Jante Murray and Jordan Poole, who sometimes is falling very far in draft. He goes at pick 30 here, which I think is... Absolutely fine. I'm a big fan of Jordan Poole this season, um, especially that free throw percentage is very underrated. Um, do, do you agree with where Poole goes in this sort of a spot? Uh, I can see how he would hit that value, but um, like judging by the um, AEPs that we see um, over at FBI, where we've got a lot of really uh, shrewd drafters um, you know, participating in our leagues on a daily basis. He's going a bit later than that. So yep, uh, I'd be more comfortable um, grabbing him in the third round in a, in a setup like this. But, um, yeah, you can expect to get him anywhere in the sort of 40 to 60 zone. Um, really? Yeah, so that this is a bit super bit. late to me. Um, but, I mean, yeah, if you can get him. So I, I actually think it's fine here at 30, and especially when you're pairing uh, Kaboy, he's paired him with a Trey Young. I mean, yeah. his points, threes, free throw percentage, um, assists are, are elite. He's going to be very tough to beat in those categories. And, and so now he can start to go after some of those, um, you know, steals, you know, blocks if he wants to or whatever. So uh, He's I got a nuclear uh, field goal percentage, though. Like yeah. Completely so, yeah, I mean, well, he's, he's, he's obviously punting that. You know, Cowboy yeah. says, fuck the field goal percentage. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. do, do, do everything else well. So, and I think that's a, a fair strategy. Um, Correct. But if you're, not, if you're not prepared to do that, then obviously keep that in mind. 
What sort of punt are you looking at? So I'm looking at the moment. Who have I got? I've got um, Booker and Cunningham. So I think I'm probably looking at maybe I'm automatically punting turnovers. Depending on who I can get on the back end here, I might lean more into a field goal percentage or even a steals punt um, or maybe both. I'm leaving myself off open a little bit depending on the value that comes back around because Booker's a pretty good, efficient guard. Cade is not so much. Um, they're both probably around that one assist, sorry, one steal per game, so not super strong in that area. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And, and maybe blocks depending on who's available. So I've got a few options. Haven't locked myself with anything just yet. Because we will get through these next few picks. So since that pool pick, we went Fox. Desmond Bain, Victor Weminyama, Jimmy Butler, Miles Turner, LeBron James, and Paul George. So we're up to pick number 37 here, and it will come back around to us quickly because we do have that third round reversal. Now, for those that listen along that don't do many of these deeper leagues, I've popped in a third round reversal, which I definitely recommend for a league this size because of the difference between the first pick and pick 20. Um, the person or the people at the back end of the draft are going to be at a big disadvantage if you did a traditional snake. But with a third round reversal, we're going to come to the end of this draft and then it's going to go back to um, Nigel at the back here with the first pick of the next round so that we just even it up a little bit more. I think it's definitely a more fair way to go in these deeper leagues. So uh, you, you often do the third round reversal as well on those deeper leagues. Where, where do you think is the cutoff for opting to use a third round reversal in, in league size? Uh, anything over 16, really. But I, I guess our league increments tend to go, uh, you know, 12 and then 16 and then 20. So, um, yeah, definitely on the 20-teamers. Um, but I'd also consider it for an 18-team league. And, you know, the, probably the best news uh, of late in regards to the third-round reversals is Fantrax has made it super easy to implement, whereas yeah. before it was a bit of a – you had to go in and do some tricky configurations, you know, maybe check some Reddit posts and make sure you're doing it properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but now it's uh, you know a couple of clicks and you're all good. It's pretty intuitive, I reckon. So yeah, I think I think that's definitely the way to go. So it's going to come back around to us real quickly. Before it does, I will give a quick shout out to anyone listening along that during the podcast, during the um, YouTube show here, we will be giving away um, some invites to the Fantasy Basketball International World Cup. Um, Maybe further along into the podcast, we'll keep you guys in suspense. I'm going to give you guys a, a password of sorts, a secret code word that you're going to have to drop down in the comment section below. Um, maybe in a couple of rounds, I'll reveal that passcode. So if you want to join, I've got 12 spots to give out. So that 12 comments down below, if you drop that secret um, word, you'll be in the running to join the Fantasy Basketball International. So stay tuned for that. As I get ready for my pick, do you want to maybe explain what the uh, FBI World Cup is and what it's about? I can. Um, all right, so FBI World Cup is is designed as a tournament and it's designed to sort of identify the best player in the world for a particular season. So we run it uh, as vanilla as we can in terms of the settings. So nothing funny or weird or, you know, like games caps or anything that you wouldn't expect. It's just straight up uh, nine cap. And we've got uh, head-to-head, I should say, as well. And it's actually uh, it's actually going to be 48 divisions, and in each division there's 12 teams. So you're drafting uh, in a standard size league. Um, you go through the first portion of the season 
um, you know, just competing against the guys within your division. Uh, and then obviously after about 13, 14 weeks, we've got a winner there. That's going to boil down um, the remaining entrance. Uh, you've just sniped me again, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, so we boil down the remaining entrance down to 48 entrants. Um, and then from there, uh, we do a knockout, a um, couple of knockout phases. So everybody redrafts, the people that make it through. Yeah, so you do do uh, a redraft halfway through, which is very interesting. It's a different way of doing it, which I, I quite enjoy. Yeah, and I think um, it gives, like, because what you, I mean, a big part of fantasy basketball, obviously, is the draft. Yeah. You know, that can make or break your season. So, you know, and then also, you know, just like people say, oh, well, why would you do your draft in, you know, July for the next season? You don't know who's going to change teams. You don't know who's going to get injured and so on and so on. Sort of the same during the season. You know, a lot changes, a lot of water goes under the bridge. So after that first phase, you draft again. Uh, it's 48 teams. Then we've got, uh, after the redraft, we do knockout. So that's going to um, reduce the pool down from 48 down to 24 and then down to 12 teams. And then there's actually a third draft this year. So for the for the last yeah. uh, 12 teams, do another draft. The top four seeds get uh, get through to the second round and then the, the bottom eight play off against each other. And then you've got, court, uh, you've got semifinals and then you've got the finals. So in the end, there'll just be one winner. Um, but it'll be very much the fantasy basketball we know and love. None of these super rounds or, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Royal Rumbles where you're playing 100 different teams. Um, and the way that we've set it up as well this time um, is going to make the performance of Fantrax much better than it has been um, in previous seasons because we've grown out the number of participants and it sort of causes the software to be very sluggish. Uh, but I think I've designed it in a way that's not going to be the case this year. Yeah, it's a it's a huge competition, and it definitely does. Um, you know, you know, lots of lots of great players are, are in there, so it is a very good indication of who is basically the best fantasy player in the world. So, if you guys are interested, make sure you stick around and listen for that code word. Just to recap some of the picks here, I successfully sniped you again with uh, Chet Holmgren. Um, and then you've backed that up with Jamal Murray after me. I had a tough decision there, and I've actually just only realized that Chet isn't center eligible on uh, Fantrax, <laughs> but um, I thought he was, but I, I'm assuming he'll get center eligibility at some point. Um, so I was drafting him thinking he was going to be a center, but turns out he's not. Um, but Fantrax normally fills that and change that stuff as they go along, right? Yeah, so they use a company called Sports Radar, yeah. and it's basically whatever Sports Radar um, defines, yeah, yeah, deems them to be. Uh, and actually, Chet was centre eligible up until like a week or two ago, but there's been an update. Um, I think it was two days ago when we right. were struggling to. Um, In the middle of our rock draft, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, now we're going to. Now it's only a power forward, so maybe they, they know something we don't about um, how the Thunder are going to roll this season. Maybe. I still think he's going to be starting at centre there. And you've gone Jamal Murray there. Is this um, You're starting to lean a bit more into uh, a punt block build. Is that kind of what I'm detecting in your team kind of set up? Uh, yeah, I've had to sort of pivot in that direction. I was actually, um, I was actually on track to do a punt points build, and oh. that's why I was looking at Chet. Um, but with these 45-second picks, I had to pivot quite quickly, also while I was talking to you. <laughs> That's difficult. Um, yeah, so I had Jamal second in my queue. I think it's a good spot for him. Um, I think he's going to have a good season this so. year. Yeah. Um, if he can, if he's just healthy for a whole year, um, he showed us a lot 
um, in that finals run, obviously. Um, and I think he's sort of perennially underrated. So, um, yeah. yeah. And, and last year, he, he was off to a slow start, you know, with coming back off that ACL. Like, he wasn't really the Jamal Murray that we expect moving forward. And then after a few months in the league, he started to really get it going. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a fine spot. Maybe not the highest of upsides, but definitely someone who can um, provide that value. After your pick went Jalen Brunson, Josh Giddy, Tyrese Maxey. Walker Kessler goes there. Julius Randle, Claxton, Levine, Zion, Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, and now Brandon Ingram. Of these guys, I think the ones that that jump out to me, um, Josh Giddy goes pretty early. I don't know if someone's knows that I like Josh Giddy and, um, and we're two Aussies on the podcast and they're just trying to um, get in front of us. But I think that as excited as I am about him, that's a little early for me. I like the the maxi pick. Kessler, I think that's fine at that sort of a spot. Talk to me about your thoughts about Zion this season. Um, are you are you a fan of him at this sort of a spot? I guess the the question is always the health. But how early are you willing to go on a player like Zion? Uh, well, I think fifty three is totally fine. I agree for Zion. Um, personally, uh, you know, I actually think, funnily enough, you know, he's had a few. He's had a few. There's been a few news stories about Zion yes, on the other yes. and I think he's got a, uh, a baby mama now and a, and a new a new child. Um, mate, look, I think there's a reasonable chance that, you know, that it could be sort of uh, the wake-up call he needed where, you know, he hasn't necessarily been taking uh, his whole situation as seriously yep. um, as he might do. Um, maybe he hasn't been watching what he eats and he's, you know, he's a bit tubby and, uh, you know, I think his attitude at different um, phases throughout um, his early career has been a little bit lacking. Uh, But there's nothing like uh, having a child to grow you up, grow you up and make you more mature and maybe... And maybe give him a maybe he might want to be out of the house more even so. Um, <laughs> yeah, that might be might, that might be the, uh, the the incentive at the moment. Yeah, we might see. I mean, the guy's got a lot of skill. I think when you saw him in the first part of last season, I think the Pels are like top two or three in the West. Like he is a game changer. He's a guy that's going to help you win a lot of games. Um, and we've just never seen a full season out of him. I think that the, it's going to happen sometime and, yeah. you know, c- could be this season. So I think in terms of just like pure value, if he plays sort of 60, 70 games, that's a, that's a steal there. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think a lot of the guys, uh, I, I kind of uh, follow along that same line of logic and thinking in terms of his health and availability. I think that you could talk yourself definitely into the fact and the narrative that he he's had that wake-up call. There's, there's footage of him looking like he's in great shape, and, and there's been some quotes to say things like he's looking after his diet a little bit more, taking that a bit more serious. So hopefully, hopefully this is the season that he can put together sort of 65, 70 games. Um, and if he does that, this is going to actually smash this value. Um, and especially in that punt free throw build, you can you can easily um, you know have a big winner on your hand here. Since then, he went Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, Brandon Ingram, Bradley Beal, Jalen Williams, DeMar DeRozan. That seems very late for DeRozan in, in my estimation. 59, yeah. Yeah, I think he that's that's a good value pick there. Uh, Cam Johnson, Scotty Barnes, and Jarrett Allen. Um, I re- released a regression candidate video the other day, and I am pretty down on Jarrett Allen. I expect Mobley to move more into the center position, um, at least from a minute's point of view. What are your thoughts on Allen and do you share my, um, I guess, skepticism or, or are you sort of thinking this is a fine spot for him? 
Yeah, I think it's all right. I'm I'm actually uh, I'm not as down on Allen as what seems to be the consensus. He's going pretty late in a lot of spots. Um, probably the best anecdote to share about the way that his value seems to have shifted is playing in a in a dynasty league. And last off season, I got offered three firsts for Jared Allen. So, oh wow! Yeah, three firsts for him. I did not take it. Oh. Um, it's a league where centers are, um, right. are quite necessary. Uh, but it actually came in that the offer came in like you know a few days before trade, like before the the trading closed for the whole season. Yeah. Um, so I you know thought I'd think about it, and then I just never accepted it, and I, I need to kick myself for it. But anyway, going back to that same owner this off season, I sent him the same offer as soon as trading opened up, and he, he rejected it. I went down yeah. to two first, rejected it. Oh no. <laughs> Still rejected it. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, where he was worth three firsts a season ago, I couldn't even get a couldn't even get a first, which would have been like you know mid lottery pick for him. Yeah, wow, that's um, that's a big turnaround in value. I I, I think, yeah, I, I I wasn't sure if my, what my opinion was was going to be consensus, but if that's the case, yeah, that is definitely a shift in uh, people's thoughts on his value. I think um, we've had a bit of a mini run on centers here with Allen, Shengun, Brook Lopez, and Rudy Gobert going off the board. Of those four guys, uh, Shengun is clearly the guy that I prefer. Um, interestingly enough, with Gobert, is a, a bit of an expectation that his blocks bounce back up. It was the first time in his career that he's blocked under two shots per game, but a lot of the season he played last year was without um, Carlton Town, so you can't really even point to that being a reason as to why they fell off. What, what are your thoughts on Gobert? Do you expect to bounce back moving forward, or or are you happier to wait on some of these other guys like a Mark Williams, Duran, um, Gafford later in the draft to get your blocks? Look, it's tempting when you know he's going at sixty five, you know, and he's been in you know that top fifteen discussion, top twenty for, yes. for the longest time. But what we've got to remember is that that Utah um, team was really sort of built around his strengths and weaknesses exactly, and allowed him yeah. to thrive. Whereas in Minnesota, you know, he's sort of going into an existing system um, and he's not able to perform the same way. And then on top of that, I think, you know, he's just getting older and, you know, he played in FIBA World Cup recently and he didn't really uh, affect those games. And obviously France got eliminated um, without even getting to the knockout stage, which is abysmal for them. So, yeah. you know, we might just we might have already seen him fall off the cliff. So I'm sort of steering well away from him. I haven't said that, you know, if he's available in the 70s or the 80s and you need blocks, I mean, you, you yeah. take it there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've had someone on top of my list for uh, about 12 picks now. I oh. keep expecting him to go. I think we've got, with that run on centres over the last round or so where we had four go in a row, but even before that there was a couple of others, not many quality centres that aren't going to tank your free throws uh, left up on the board here. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm going to not have to reach for a, uh, for, for a centre that I don't want. It is, it is definitely something that when you are in deeper leagues, the, the position eligibility for players is a little bit more important. So because we are in 20 teams, especially at centre, which seem more abundant this season, um, and I, I definitely still think that's the case, but in a 20-team league, you do need to definitely pay attention to that a little bit more. Um, it's probably easier in years past, but yeah, that was why I was a bit annoyed that Chet didn't have centre eligibility. But um, yeah, it definitely is something you need to take into consideration. So you're so you're before me. So you got no worries about me stealing your player here. But so why don't you just reveal to me who who do you hope is is it DeAndre Ayton that's sitting at the top of the queue here? Yeah, it's or? DeAndre Ayton. Um, I'm you know I'm not 
I'm not picking him in the, like in the you know, pick 30 or even pick 40, um, even pick 50. But at we're pick, in the 70s uh, now, yeah. We're up to pick 75, well, where, where I'm going to draft, or 76, I should say. That's that's value right Absolutely, there. Yeah. And also, I need, I need rebounds with this, uh, with this um, pump blocks build that I've been forced into. Um, so I need to get rebounds without tanking the free throw percentage. I don't want to be tanking both uh, free throws and uh, and and uh, blocks. Um, he, I, I actually think what's going to happen is that Kyle Prosky, the guy before me, he hasn't taken a center yet. Oh, he's lined himself up yeah. for this one. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna snipe me here, and then I haven't considered what I'm going to do. Um, got to get a backup uh, going. I mean, there's still... I've got a few centers in my queue ready to go. Oh, um, no, didn't even get a chance, Kyle. He got he got sniped before him. So there goes Jandre Ayton. Um, what are we at now? Pick 74. You'll be at pick 76. So I guess do you... You know, this is where I guess you've got to think about, okay, how desperate am I for a center? Do I do I go early now on, on a Mark Williams or a Jalen Duran? But again, if you were... Punting the blocks. I mean, is are those guys enough to maybe bring those back blocks back up into uh, contention? Um, yeah, is, true. It's uh, that's the other thing about these deeper leagues that that can often uh, can be harder out. harder to, to figure out exactly yeah. where you're um, standing in in the uh, in the group. Derek, all right, and then that was the other guy I was just thinking about there. Um, all right, I think I'm gonna have to go for a pick where there's a bit of upside. Um, and potentially upside in categories that where I need where I need some love, mm, or do I just go and get that center now? I think I'm going to get the center now. Uh, and, on the edge of my seat, wondering who who it is. Who's who's your pick of these centers? Uh, I don't feel great about it, honestly, but I think I actually need to get two. I'm going to have to get two centers now, so let me go really early on this guy. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind. I do think that Clint Capella will be traded at some point this season. Now, I am, again, in this spot here, so I'm leaning more towards a punt steals build, so I'm just very conscious of the points, and I'm worried that that's going to dry up, especially in a deep league like this. It will be very hard to get points later on, so... I'm going to focus my resources there. And at picks, what are we at? 77. Look, I wouldn't consider this value by any stretch. But again, for what he's given me, I'm not worried about the lack of steals that this guy provides. I'm going to draft Clay Thompson there. Sure up my points and threes. I think also without pool there, they're really going to rely on um, Clay and Steph to just do the vast majority of scoring there. Because Chris Paul coming over, replacing pool, you're losing 10 points a game pretty much. Um, there, that is going to have to be shared between Clay, Steph, and Andrew Wiggins. Um, look, he was pretty shit in the playoffs, but I think last season there were still some really big games from Clay. He still put up several times where he had 40 points, average over four threes. So lock him in there. I don't think there's any value by any stretch, but I'm hoping I can get one of these centers on the way back. I still got a few on my board that um, might get back to me. What are your All thoughts? Right. You, you gave me an oof after that Clay pick. You didn't love it? Oh, no, no. Sort of what we were saying before about avoiding the aging players. Um, So I don't think Clay is really in line to receive any um, accolades or awards this season whatsoever. Um, I don't think there'll be any... I don't think there'll be any sort of worry about resting him. I don't even know, has he been an all-star the last few years? Will he even fall into that category where there's a penalty 
um, if uh, if they don't play him. I'm not sure that they that they necessarily would be. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Clay Clay, Clay is a prime candidate for me to just completely avoid um, on the basis that you know could just break down. And uh, he's also sort of like a one to two cap specialist with if you know threes and points. Yeah, I mean, he's good, good free throw percentage shooter guy as well. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely is concentrated his value in those kind of areas, but those were the areas that I was looking for. So, um, so look, I, I definitely yeah. sh- I understand the concern. And I, I do – I think I've drafted pretty healthy up until this point, so not not too upset at taking a swing here. I, both – all those centers that I was eyeing off are back here. So I've got Durant, Mark Williams, and Gafford lined up in my queue. I've got to make a decision between which ones I like the most. I'm probably, I don't know if this is controversial, but I'm going to go with my gut here, and I'm going to take Jalen Duran as my guy of that group. Probably was the same between he and Mark Williams. I just like Duran's upside for other things outside of your traditional big man rebounds, field goal percentage. I think he's got a little bit of untapped potential in points and potentially some assists as well. He's still a teenager. He is actually still not even 20 years old. Um, so I think that he's got some good ceiling at this point. Pick number 84, I'm happy with that. Uh, you, were, you were completely right about um, taking uh, a big center and sort of uh, recovering my blocks. It's one of my strongest categories now. <laughs> and, um, I'm just, I think uh, I'd like to take Williams here. Um, oh, I'm going to have to. Two seconds. You happy Lucky. with that one? <laughs> I did, yeah. Uh, I was I was strongly considering Kuzma there. As, yep. as much as it sort of pains me to take um, Kuzma sort of so early, um, I know that he's been going around this area and he's going to have a great chance um, to have a lot of usage and score a lot and sort of be one of the main guys in Washington. Probably would have slightly preferred it there, mostly just because of the points component, as you were saying before. Yeah. Um, the point's getting really, really dry at the moment, and I'm not back on here for, like, you know, 30, 40 picks. Yeah, so, it's a long way um, back um, around. Yeah, I've got – now I'm going to have to sort of rest my uh, – well, rest my hopes on one or two players in particular. I was just about to comment that I'm surprised Austin Reeves hasn't gone, and there he goes off yeah. the board. He was in my queue. I was tossing up between he and Clay at that point because I wanted to get one of those centers, and, and I wanted my other guy to be a guy that can give me some points – um, I thought Clay probably would do better, but Austin Reed's probably bigger in assists there. He, he doesn't give you many defensive stats is the only other thing, um, but he, he should still be really good this season. Um, I think that's about right. Maybe right. slightly earlier than I, I value him, but I do know he does go around this sort of spot. All right. Now I'm leaning back into a, looks like a punt, punt points build again, and and I'm really uh, falling behind on threes here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm not loving the way that my team has shaped up so far, uh, but it's not unrecoverable, I don't think, at yeah. this point. It, it yeah. is tough with the with the 20 team, and obviously you've got a long time between picks, and obviously, and then it comes around to two picks real quick. Um, so it is difficult. It does require some practice. So, And, again, another reason that we're doing this one here is the Ball Boys Championship 30 League is going to be 
kicking off in probably a couple of weeks with a slow draft. So if you guys are still keen, there are definitely spots available. Go over onto Apple Podcasts and give this podcast a five-star rating and review and leave your Twitter handle in that review so I can contact you and get you in the league. Um, We will be doing a similar kind of format. Obviously, it'll be 30 teams, not 20. And it will be just like this league, a a weekly changes um, league where we've got a shorter starting group and um, a shorter playing pool. Obviously, with a deeper league, there is not too much value in streaming. Um, But yeah, good practice to get some of these deeper leagues under your belt because they do... They do change the strategy a little bit in terms of reaching for guys. Obviously, you've got to reach a, a fair bit further because you've got further for them to come back around to you and all sorts of other things. So after Reeves went, Kuzma then goes, who you were tossing up. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., who goes, uh, who is obviously... I think he's a pretty underrated center a lot of the times, but that's a fine spot for him. Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and Terry Rozier. What are your thoughts on uh, Jalen Green this season? I'm, I'm usually out on him, but... I always give myself a little door open to be proven wrong because he obviously is talented. Yeah, well, I mean, where where did he go there? He went at about uh, what eighty nine. Um, yeah. So that's that's a great spot for him. He's going to provide you sort of uh, twenty to twenty five points, and in a league like this where you really need points, that's invaluable. Maybe tank your uh, field goal percentage a bit, but with all the new additions in Houston, maybe he doesn't have carte blanche to just shoot as much. Um, as he did before, and maybe with more competition for his um, for his spot uh, or for minutes, you know, he's looking after the ball a bit better, so the turnovers go down. He's got pedigree, you know, he's top two pick. We often see those types of picks uh, really take a step forward, you know, season three, season four. So he's, you know, if we were having this discussion again, you know, in a year's time and he'd completely broken out and converted himself into a, you know, a top 30 player... Maybe a little bit of surprise, but not totally. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think I think it is the case. I also am wary of like you know James Wiseman was a top two pick. Um, now, obviously, I'm not comparing them as players because they're very different players. But sometimes we do get caught up and stuck to that draft capital for maybe longer than we should. And um, I think it's 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 a big year for Jalen Green to really cement and prove himself because. He can score. We obviously know that, but can he do anything else? Is is my question. And um, in well, fantasy, we do need a little bit more than that. I think with KPJ's recent um, definitely helps. Him. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's a big boost um, for him, for Tari, uh, and for, for for Armin as well. He he's probably not playing this season. If maybe ever again, really, would you agree with that kind of thought in terms of his suspension likely coming or potential? you know, cutting from the team? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think he'll be playing this season. I think it's basically a rerun of Miles, Miles Bridges. Um, so the league sort of made their determination on that. He sat out all year. He's suspended for 10 games. That sort of seems like the benchmark for that kind of sort of domestic violence um, they've, type they've situation. They've almost set a precedent kind of, kind of in a way. Yeah. yeah, so it'd be sort of hard for them to punish the, um, KPJ um, more than they punished sort of um, Miles Bridges. Um, and obviously as well, you know, if you look at pro sports in general, NFL and others, um, NBA is sort of already punishing those types of players in a, a harsher manner um, yeah. in those sports codes. So, yeah, I would expect his punishment to be sort of in line um, with the rest of them. Uh, sorry, with, 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 um, with Miles Bridges. And then from there... 
um, you know, he could be done on Houston. You know, yeah, like I think he's so. had he's, their rotation. He's yeah. he's had uh, past instances of these kind of things in the past, and 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 again, when it comes to fantasy, I just don't think he's you don't you don't draft him at all. He's not even worth a flyer or anything like that because he wasn't going to come into the season and knock you know the house down. He was probably moving to a bench role anyway. So from a fantasy point of view, just completely remove him from your draft board, uh, in my opinion. I don't yeah, think well, he's, he's worth considering at all. I actually before this happened. I thought he was a great sort of last round pick. Yeah, uh, but he's still a late round pick, though, right? Yeah. Like he's not. Yeah, correct. Like, yeah, versus yeah. Uh, Miles Bridges, obviously he was probably going in like the the fourth round or something like that um, prior to his thing. So some people were still kind of taking that punt, but even that didn't work out. So um, yeah, I, I just completely don't think you, you you pay attention to him for fantasy. Let's go through some of these other picks. So since Terry Rozier, we had Daniel Gafford go off the board, Miles Bridges, speaking of shit blokes. Um, Trey Murphy has gone. Now, that's interesting with Trey Murphy. I think that was a bit of an auto pick here, which is unfortunate that people rock up to these drafts and don't turn up. So I think that's obviously much too early for him. Robert Williams then went. Buddy Heald, Keegan Murray, Tobias Harris, my good friend, Clint Capella, Scoot Henderson, Marcus Smart, and Gary Trent. Anyone in there stand out to you in those last few picks as uh, either being too high, too low, or, or interesting picks at all? Uh, well, just on the Trey Murphy one, I, I don't actually like completely hate that. I heard a report uh, you know, in the last few days that he's looking like he could return as early as mid-November. So if he's only missing three weeks at the start of the season, it's probably it's not, not an egregious crazy. place to have him, but you definitely probably could have gone later if he wasn't auto-drafting. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think uh, Scoot's interesting. Um, I'm pretty confident Dame isn't playing for Portland. Um, Do you which really? Okay. That- I, I, I kind of am of the opinion that if he's still there, he'll play. Um, you reckon? I think so. I mean, Scoot, uh, Dame just doesn't strike me as the guy who's going to, I don't know, hold out and sook and moan like a, like a Ben Simmons did uh, a couple of seasons ago. But it definitely helps him if Dame's not there. Mm. But I think you start anyway next to him. Would you? I would have thought like you've you invested a top three pick in him. He's clearly your future. You would think, but coaches tend to be a bit ridiculous with. Uh, they don't with quite, yeah, they don't quite yeah. get on the same page as the uh, the front office there. I really like that value that just went off the board in Zach Collins going at pick mm. one hundred and eight. I think that's good value for him. I think he has a chance to be like a top eighty, top seventy player. So I think that's quite late for him. Well, I've got another target coming up, which is Shaden Sharp. Um, oh, and don't do it! I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it sort of feeds into the conversation we were just having about like what's Portland's lineup going to be. Yeah. And uh, you're saying, okay, you wouldn't be surprised if Dame uh, actually starts it in Portland. But I don't know. Like that's would have been my opinion too. But with all this, oh, I'm only going to be playing for Portland or Miami and all the sort of feet stomping and the demands and so on. I don't know. I just don't sort of see how he's going to like that. Like it's going to be so awkward when he comes back into the building and his training camp. He's got to shake, you know, shake these people's hands in the corridors and talk to teammates. It's going to be weird. So I just think that they're going to be motivated to make something happen, have that clean break and, um, yeah, there's just so much more potential for that situation to go sideways as well. Like, you know, you get a few months into the season, he's still not traded. I think if I was Portland, I'd just have him completely away from the team. And then, of course, what happens if he gets injured? And then yeah. you get in 
way less um, for yeah, the guy. Yeah, well, in terms of the, yeah, the trade value, that's always a risk that you obviously need to take into account. Yeah. So it, it is coming up to your pick. What we'll do is uh, you think about who you're going to pick on here. And right now, I'm going to drop the secret word to join the Fantasy Basketball International group. So if you guys want to drop down in the comments section below, I want you guys to comment shit bloke uh, in, the, uh, in the comment section below. Comment shit bloke down there uh, in reference to some of the NBA players and, and their, um, you know, poor behavior and, and, and poor actions over the off-season. Comment shit bloke down there and we will get in touch with you guys. We've got 12 spots to give away to the Fantasy Basketball International World Cup. Uh, last one there. Comment shit bloke down below and uh, we'll get back to you guys and uh, get you in the league. Your pick is up now here. Who are you, uh, who you looking for? You know, you know, I'm looking for you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you want to reconsider. <laughs> well, I'd be interested to see who you're going to take now. Yeah, because I had I had sort of the backup in mind uh, on the basis that Mr. Sharp wouldn't be around for me. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Zubak directly before me. What a gift. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'd much rather the upside of Sharp. Although in saying that, in a deeper league, you're probably even though this is typically where you'd be going more upside picks. This is still our starting roster spot, so we want guys who are, you know, solid and going to be contributing um, night in, night out. So not quite taking the flyers that you would at this stage. So I'm looking for assists still, which are going to be drying up. The guy at the top of my board here is. I'm just going to go there because I I do like him, um, and that is. Emmanuel quickly. Again, points, a little bit of assists. I'm not too worried about his lack of defensive stats. Um, I think he's I think he's he's one of Tibbs' guys now. I think after last year he was second in the six man of the year awards. And if you can crack Tibbs' inner circle, that's always good for fantasy basketball. Um, again, not the highest of upside, but kind of want consistent production at this point. Well, boring radio, but that was the guy that was my Second in my queue. That was your back. Oh man, we're on yeah. the same page today, then. And, and that's um, and that's been the case in a lot of the sort of draft only leagues that I've been doing. If I miss out on Sharp in the in the one twenties, I go for quickly. Yeah. And it's really weird with quickly. Like he was going around hundred to hundred and five all the way through the start of the off season, June and July. Yeah. And he's been falling. So now he's going kind of in that one twenties. I can't really explain it. Why he would be falling it makes no sense. Um, yeah, look, and he went crazy the second half of last yeah. year. He was putting up really big numbers. So um, just look at the last few games. Like I had a forty-point game, and just look it, like that pass the eye test um, with flying colours. Um, and he was runner-up for six man of the year. So um, I have absolutely no reason to be down on quickly. And um, you know, if the if if the Knicks do some kind of like all-in move or some kind of significant trade, you'd expect that he'd be one of the guys on the way out as well. And if he finds yeah. himself in a starting role, he's going to, he's going to kill for you. Yeah. I, I do really like him and I actually, I, I think he's a good player. I think he has been a bit underrated and um, definitely start to show what I thought he could do um, towards the end of last season. It's coming back to my pick here and this is going to be basically my last ditch attempt at getting some assists and I'm going to be deciding between two starting point guards, I think here between Schroeder and Mike Conley. Again, boring picks, but We've still got two more spots in our starting roster spot to go before we get to our bench. So, again, not looking for upside just yet. Um, Melton goes. The other player that's also on the board here is Yusuf Nurkic, who does tempt me a little bit here. Mm. At pick, what are we at? 124. So, Nurkic is still there. Um, do I pivot? How are my rebounds and blocks going? 
uh, okay-ish. Those centers. Uh, no, okay. Let's let's go for the assist. I think that's going to be harder to fill out later. Schroeder versus Conley. I always just feel a bit safer with a Mike Conley. They really don't have much depth. Let's go Mike Conley. They really don't have much depth over in Minnesota behind him at point guard. So that tells me that I feel like they're still going to be wanting to get him out there 28 to 30 minutes a night. Um, value, I think per game he can beat this, but probably not by much. But yeah, it's just that assist scarcity I think is going to become more of an issue later. I agree. Uh, well, it's already an issue. I think that you're tackling one of the last guys who contribute there. Yeah. Um, interesting to take uh, Conley over Schroeder. I'd probably go the other way around there. Yeah, just, I, th- I think Schroeder's got a bit more upside, but he's also just a guy that has a few issues with his fantasy games. You're on the clock here. You've got eight seconds. Yeah, mate, I'm going to flip what I would normally do here, which oh, would be oh. I'd be looking at a, 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 the other Thompson twin, but with the departure of ship like KPJ, yeah. um, our, our key word for the show, uh, I actually think this flips. I think I think Eamon, uh, Armin sort of he sort of climbs above his brother uh, in terms of draft priority for me. Yeah, I've I've been tinkering around with my projections since that move as well, and and they are both very close to me in my opinion because yeah, like you said, that frees up a lot of minutes for a man, and I think. The more minutes you give him early in the season, the more I think he's just going to run away with that role and, and force himself into a larger larger playing time. Um, I, I think he's really, really good and can provide assists at this point in the draft. You obviously worry about the, the percentages. He's not going to score or shoot threes, but he can give you decent rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. So, well, I was looking at like a Herb Jones there as well just because he's got a like very strong uh, on the assist front. Melton having recently gone off the board. Um, but then when I look at the projections, uh, bumping our man up a bit, like he's on that same wavelength with um, with Herb, and I think he's got so much more upside in the other categories. So I think I w- that's why I went in that direction. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. I think um, I, I don't mind it. I think I'd prefer to get him here when I'm doing a bit more of a... Um a bit more of a flyer-type pick because there is a little bit of uncertainty, but... Yeah, he could easily smash that. Paul Reed comes off the board here at 129. He's one of the guys that I'm getting the most excited about as a late-round guy. Now, again, 20-team league, still your starting spot. But even in a limited role, Paul Reed can return this value pretty comfortably. What What are your thoughts on Reed as Nurkic finally comes off the board at 130? That's very late for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on Paul Reed? Totally, uh, totally on board with Paul Reed. Um, and I think... You know, if this was a standard league, we're really in the player zone here. So if these people have been used to drafting sort of standard 12-team leagues, uh, the cadence that you would be in here would be, all right, I'm taking flyers here. Um, and that's before you scroll down and realize there's still five more picks to go. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, but back to Paul Reed, um, there's a clip circulating interview with Nick Nurse. Yes. Uh, where he really just says, love the guy. Um, going to use him. He's going to have a bigger role. Uh, oh, KPJ off the board. Oh, no. um, yeah, so uh, I think I think the stars are definitely aligning for him, and I can't think of another like you know um, Harold's down in at the, at the Sixers now. He's out for the season, so yeah. he's definitely going to play. He's definitely going to play. There's no one really there to challenge him for those minutes, 
And, yeah, you get 18 minutes a night out of him, he's going to return the value there. And anything more than that is just gravy. Yeah, look, I think I think I said on our, my breakout podcast, like there is a scenario like say Nick Nurse just falls in love with him and he plays 33 minutes a night. Like he could be top 50, top 40 even. Um, it sounds crazy and it probably won't happen, but that is a scenario that could potentially uh, happen. Um, just the steals, blocks, field goal percentage, rebounds. It's all really, really friendly and really good. Um, it will... We'll wait to see how things shape up if there's a James Harden or when there's a James Harden trade that might complicate things for him, which is why he's still definitely a flyer in standard leagues, in my opinion. Don't get too cute with him, but there is definitely potential that he can he can win you your league. Since then, Nurkic, Porters, Denny Avdia, Colin Sexton, the auto pick drafted, um, Kevin Porter Jr. So that auto team's obviously fucked. Um, Brandon, uh, sorry, uh, Benedict Matherin has gone as well. I really like him this season. I think he has a potential to start. And then your guy's brother, Asar Thompson, goes at pick 136 there. So, again, a bit more of a flyery type, but I, I feel pretty confident that he's going to beat that value at some point this season. It might be a bit hard at the start, but by the end of the year, I think he'll be starting and putting up decent numbers. So, definitely think this is a fine spot to grab him. And then Herb Jones goes there as well. Anyone there apart from uh, KPJ, um, stand out to you? Um, I think uh, I think Sexton going in this range is um, is about right. Yeah, um, I don't mind. Could he, could he average five assists this year? I mean, there, there really is no passing in, in Utah. Yeah. You'd, think he, you'd think he'd be at least sharing point guard responsibilities, if not sort of, you know, he's played at point guard um, over at Cleveland a couple of years and, he sort of there was a time when he looked good, and we expected him to be a you know a better performer than um, than he has been recently. Um, he's got to score points, though. I think again, getting twenty points a game, maybe maybe sixteen to twenty points a game, he is pretty good yeah. um, at this end of the draft. But I think he's just one of those uh, one of those players where people had high hopes for him um, when he was drafted. He looked good out of the gate, and then it's sort of been he hasn't really. Uh, let up, uh, and, you know, haven't really um, met expectations. And for that reason, I think people like over adjust in the opposite direction yeah. uh, and, yeah. un- and underrate him. Uh, yeah, I do. I do agree with that. I think that is definitely something that we often do see with those kinds of players. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think at this point, it, it's quite, it's quite decent value. Um, since then, Christian Wood went off the board. I just don't think he's very good. I don't know. How, how many minutes do you think Christian Wood is going to play this season on average? Uh, I reckon it's going to be probably about 20, 24, 26, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think on a, on a normal night when everyone's there, everyone's healthy, it's not going to be that much, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah. Anthony Davis goes down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to, trying to do a trade for him at the moment. I was offering a third-round pick. Uh, which is probably a little bit too low, and I've adjusted it up to a second-round pick. The guy wants a first-round pick, and it's just yeah, not going to happen for no, Christian Moore. No, no. Yeah, yeah, no, not for that. Um, after he went, Tyree Eason, Kevin Huerta, um, then Dennis Schroeder finally goes. So that's I reckon that's decent value at one forty-two. Uh, sorry, one forty-one for Dennis Schroeder. Again, those assists are basically gone. Um, you're not going to be finding many assists now at this point in the draft. And then uh, Rowan Barrett Jr. goes at. Pick 142, still probably 142 spots too high. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but no, I mean, it, it gives you some scoring. Although I don't think it's going to be as much this season. I think even the Knicks are starting to wake up to the fact that he's just not that good. Um, and then Brendan Miller goes. Brendan Miller is an interesting one. I really am quite down on his fantasy prospects, especially for this season. What are, what are your thoughts about the rotation over in Charlotte? Like, do you, now you've got complications because Miles Bridges is suspended the first ten games. You've got Gordon Hayward, who can only really last 30, 40 games each season. Um, you know, what's coming on with PJ Washington? You know, there's, he's obviously re-signed. Where, where do you think Brandon Miller falls into that into that mix? Plus, you've got a coach that hates um, playing yeah. rookies as well. Yeah, that's my that was the, that's the thing I always come back to is, you know, he's not going to be spoon-fed minutes. Um, Clifford's just not going to do that. No. And then, you know, to your earlier point, there's just plenty of mouths to feed in Charlotte already. Um, so yeah, I'm not expecting, I actually am expecting him to outperform expectation because again, uh, you know, people have really soured on him. He's gone from, uh, being seriously spoken about in fantasy circles as the number two pick. Um, you know, that was, he was quickly replaced by Scoop, but there was even a time there where he was a consensus number three pick and he's always, he's fallen all the way down to five and you see him even going at six and seven in, in some drafts. Um, so people really sad on. So I think he's going to be better than that. So I think you know the reason that people are hyped on him. There's a good reason there. He can, he's he's going to score. Um, but yeah, just not this season. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think his prospects look better in dynasty formats. I just think this season is going to be really rough to start. Um, that would be my view here. Um, Brendan Miller. After that goes Patrick Williams, which I think that's a great spot to get him. He's going to have a solid role, and you've still got a little bit of upside there. Gordon Hayward goes yuck. Um, Matisse Thybul steals block specialist. Alinek goes. That's fine. Harrison Barnes. Normally I would say yuck, but in this kind of a deeper format, it's okay. Isaiah Stewart, and then Malcolm Brogdon. I think that's a good selection there for Brogdon at this point. Again, pick 150. And Obi Toppin at 151. Again, another great value pick there. Mm. Um, I'm surprised so he wasn't board, that was. I'm surprised he wasn't gone earlier. Um, mm. One guy who I'm eyeing off here is Stephen Adams, who's a guy who, if you punt the free throw percentage, just absolutely smashes this value, and he's got a consistent role. I'm getting to the point where I'm going, can I withstand his free throw hit and still absorb that and get the benefit of his rebounds, steals blocks, and, and actually some decent assists and field goal percentage uh, from a center player? Do, do you think... What are your thoughts on Adams at this point if you're not punting free throws? Uh, I think his ability to tank your free throws is overblown because his volume's pretty low. Yeah, you know, so he's got a, you know, he's very, he's a massive drain on your, on your, on your Z score there. But he's only what he's taking how many free throws a game, two or three. Um, so it's not like he's going to completely tank your team um, and you're going to get the boards. And I also think what you're doing there is a sneaky way to let me know if that's who you want to draft. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just putting it out there because I've got a few guys here. There's a few guys I actually still quite like on the yeah. board here. So. Um, you know, if you zig, I'll zag. Let's let's call it that way. So, yeah. coming up to you, you're you're in one pick time. Who are you targeting? Um, well, Kyle Anderson makes a lot of sense for my team. Um, you know, he's got strength or like some strength in assist, steals, and blocks. I need all three of those things um, reasonably desperately, um, but I just don't love taking someone where there's not much upside. Um, whereas the sort of next guy on my board um, is way riskier. Uh, it's Jalen Suggs. 
Um, and I would, yeah, in most circumstances, I would lean that way just because yeah. I think there's more uh, opportunity to outperform where you're taking him. Um, so I'll take the risk here and grab Sugsy. Um, yeah, if I look at the sort of picks that are going around here, like I much prefer a Suggs to a, a Cadwell Pope, uh, to a Nas Reed, to a to a Rashawn Holmes. I just think yeah. there's much more like much more opportunity for him to um, do it, give you give your team an outsized contribution. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think I will go with Stephen Adams here in this spot here. I just don't think you can find 11 rebounds anymore um, out here. And, and like you said, it's it's a little bit overblown. And, and he's going to be my 10th guy, my final starter. So if it's really draining my free throw percentage or I'm coming up against a team that, you know, I want to beat them in free throw percentage, I just won't play him. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can sit on my bench and, um, and, and not be the guy that, that I put in. And if I need the rebounds and... I'm coming up against a poorer free throw percentage team. I can put him in there. So I've got a bit of flexibility being him more towards the back end of my starting roster spot. So, again, I just don't think you can find 11 rebounds from from this point on. Yeah, absolutely. And there goes um, there goes Anderson. So uh, Everyone's thinking the same, same kind of wavelength here. Um, so after that went Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Sadiq Bey, and Al Horford. I actually think that's a decent spot for Sadiq Bey. He's actually fallen probably uh, pretty far there. He will... St- Likely be the starter. He's not exciting, but again, in these 20 team leagues, we're not quite looking for excitement yet, although we are now starting to get into our bench. So we're starting our bench here now. So starting to look for a little bit of upside. I've got a few guys at the top of my queue here that I'm hoping for. Um, I think I know. I think I've got a good guess who you're going to go for next one, shall I? Yeah, have have a guess. Have a crack. Who do you reckon? I reckon you're going to take Jalen Johnson. Oh, he's the second guy on my queue here, but I'm, I'm actually leaning for another player. Just ahead of him, because I think okay, he's probably well, what, a little bit what, what safer. What category are you trying to sort of uh, sort out? Um, I'm trying to look at just continue to sort my points threes. Um, still keep some guys with good free throw percentage. So at the moment, I'm looking for if this guy gets to me, Quinton Grimes as a guy yeah. that I like. Um, and he gets to me. So I've got Grimes there. I've got Jalen Johnson second in my queue. But again, as a Johnson pick, I love him as a flyer which is about where we're at right now, but still have four spots to fill. So um, I'm going to go... I mean, I think Grimes still has some upside, So, but his role is much more secure in my opinion. So I'll go there in, in Grimes. He at pick 180... What was that? 184. So we're getting deep into the draft now. We're going to be going over 200 picks, obviously, here. Um, who are you looking at? I've got Cole Anthony and Jalen Johnson uh, at the top of my queue here. Um, Jalen, uh, is going to hurt my free throw, free throws, which I'm not happy with. Um, but on the flip side of that, uh, Cole is going to be quite brutal, uh, on my, my field goal percentage. I can handle the field goal percentage better. I like Jalen's upside more, uh, but I'm going to go with Cole Anthony. I think he is also underrated. Yeah, um, two Orlando guys as well. There, um, going back to back for me. You got on the stack. You got on the Orlando guard stack. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think Jalen Johnson would stack up better on that roster. I, I mean, I've got a lot of uh, you know, pretty much from pick four, it's guys that have got potential to outperform where I've drafted them, all the way down the board. There, yeah. I think Cole is like sort of the most tenuous 
um, option there in terms of the ability to outperform yeah. his, um, like where, where I'm taking him. He just needs to be traded. He needs to go. He needs someone to go. That he yeah. can get more of a run. But I in think. saying that, they, they do they do need the shooting that he provides. You know, like Fultz and Suggs are not going to be your, your floor spaces. Yeah, you got Franz, but he's not a volume three-point shooter. Um, so I think he will get minutes. It probably won't be 30 minutes. He might be mid-20s. But he'll get opportunities, mm. I think, even still in Orlando. Uh, I guess it depends yeah. on how much they want to force-feed um, black minutes, which I'm not sure will be much. Uh, yeah, I mean the the point is that there's just there's a lot. way too many guards yeah. there. Um, you've also got um, what's his name, Jet Howard as well. Yeah. Um, so that's another that's another guy going to be soaking up minutes there. He plays um, at the two a bit, yeah. But some sort of off court stuff with um, well, yeah, some off court stuff with Cole. It's just that the scuttlebutt is that it's just like really driven, really hard worker. Um, yeah. You know, um, sort of has faced into adversity a lot of his life and overcome it. So I think those type of um, stories, even though some of it's just propaganda um, <laughs> yeah. but, um, coming out from agents or whatever, but those kinds of stories, I think there's something to them. Um, and that's why, you know, I like to listen to fantasy basketball um, podcasts, but also like to listen to podcasts that are sort of more NBA focused because yeah. they're the sort of um, tidbits that you get um, when you listen to like a you know a dunked on or, or something to that effect. Yeah, for sure. I think that is a, a, a very important thing. We obviously sometimes get caught in our fantasy focus, and we we almost try and like talk things into existence because that's what we would do as fantasy managers. But again, you've got to you've got to weigh up the the real life aspect to it and get to the minds of some of these coaches as well, and and that's going to help inform you here. So we're getting down to the the. The doldrums of the um, the fantasy rankings here. So this is where we're going to start to pull out some deeper names here. Are there any? Um, not not that you're going to give it away, maybe, but are there any names in here that you you'd like as flyers when you, we're talking about like a deeper kind of league here uh, at any point? Yeah, well, I'm choosing ahead of you, so I'm happy to. Yeah, to, <laughs> give me at least one. Um, so this is the point now where I sort of um, I stop looking at basketball monster uh, or you know like uh, other sort of. Um, uh, uh, projections and just start going with um, much more on the upside. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just added Christian Braun um, to the top of my list. Um, I think he's going to have a, uh, oh, I'd say, a reasonably significant role with Denver this season just because they're so shallow. He's going to have to play. He's going to have to fill that Bruce Brown role. Yeah. So I think he's going to get minutes. I think he's shown us that he has he's capable of producing. He played or he played had flashes in the playoffs, but he played pretty well. And I think that he sort of proved himself um, in that setting and that actually the regular season is going to be like, you know, less intense and actually quite a bit easier for him to shine. And then on days when, you know, maybe Jamal Murray doesn't play or uh, MPJ has to sit out or one of the other starters isn't available, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be in a bigger role. Uh, and I could see him putting up sort of multiple 20-point games and um, really sort of taking a big step forward. Yeah, I think that those are, those are decent names as well. I'll also remember to point out that this is like a, it's a weekly changes league, so I think that does change a little bit through the back end here as well because you're looking for guys that maybe won't play every week. It's almost like an extended IR kind of situation, and and this is where you can do some like um, handcuffing or, or things like that as well if you've had some riskier players early on if the opportunity arises. Um, 
But you can look for players that if, for whatever reason, the, the guy in front of them goes down or something like that, that they're going to come in and explode and, and put up some big numbers. It might just be for a week or two, just for a couple of matchups, and they go back to the bench um, and you go with it that way. So I think um, those are definitely ways that you can look at the end of a deeper league team when it is a weekly changes league um, compared to a, a daily changes league. That's a great point. Um yeah, absolutely great point when it's weekly changes and then the handcuffing becomes way more viable. I'll tell you some other names I've added to my list here. I've got Anthony Black. I've already got two guards from Orlando on my team. So why not have another one? Yeah, why not have another one? Because, you know, when it's weekly changes, uh, you can just start the guy that's actually getting the minutes. Um, so the worst sort of um, outcome there would be if it was just like a straight timeshare and they're splitting them evenly. You yes. sort of screw yes. stuff. Uh, but I've also added Peyton Watson from Denver. So the same situation, same rationale as Christian Braun. Like he's he's going to get more run than he did last year. He's yep. sort of got a good fantasy game. So that's a, that's a decent pick. Um, uh, I've got AJ Griffin. I think he's got the propensity. Yeah, he could be. He could outperform Joe Johnson, for example. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you seen any of the? Have you seen him on Twitter? No, I haven't. Is he is he a character? Yeah, man, he is a, he is a character. So he's he's like ultra religious. Yeah. So it's like uh, you know, um, yeah, a lot of sort of uh, yeah, Bible talk and and so on, but like very very loudly. Um, but apparently, all good with the rest of the team. They don't mind sort of um, the the Sermon on the Mount every day. Um, sort of like uh, I think Isaac on um, on the kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you do get some of those characters. I, I yeah, I, I'm not not big on the on the on the TikTok or or or, or their social medias or anything like that. But there are some some good characters that come through. I think Cole Anthony is another one. Um, he's he's a bit of a loud personality, which you've got in your team. So maybe one of the criteria is over at B Dub um, in the 20 team mock draft here. <laughs> yeah, I'll change my team name to Loud and Proud, or well, maybe not Proud, but Loud and <laughs> Loud and. Uh... Loud and interesting. Um, I see Christian Braun went off the board. He did. There. He like did. Another player that went. I typically don't really love is is Jonathan Kaminga, but he is again in that type of range where this year with no Jordan Poole, he might be asked to step up a little bit for the um, the Golden State Warriors, especially from a scoring point of view. And it's again similar to some of those other guys from his draft year. It's kind of getting to that point where it's now or never. You got to show something. Um, and, uh, yes, I think he's an interesting upside flyer at this point in the draft. So he was someone I was looking at, especially with my Clay Thompson pick. Um, oh, and there goes another guy that I was really hoping would get back to me in Isaiah Jackson. A lot of people off him since, obviously, Miles Turner re-signed. He was a big name last season. But he's still a guy that if he's given the minutes and Miles Turner goes down at any point throughout the season, that he's going to put up big stats, um, even if it is just for a week or two. So... Yeah, I just think uh, I just think don't think Rick Carlisle seems to like like him or you know want want to leverage him. Like uh, he seemed sort of ready to take a step last season, and he just uh, and there was opportunity for him to do so. But the, you know they're going with Smith, they're going with with other guys, and now you've got Jarris Walker coming in and um, Obi Toppin coming in. I just yeah, I bit down on um, old uh, Isaiah. Um, for this season. Yeah, I mean, we're no longer drafting him at pick 100, but I think at pick 190, it's, um, it's you know, yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of like permanent production and upside, he probably has the highest of anyone left on the board, or at least you know, in my assessment. But 
again, it's it's not something that you're going to see every night or every week, really. Uh, Cole Lowry is an interesting one that went there at pick 189, talking about trying to get some assists at the end there. He probably still can do something. I, I know it was an auto-draft there, but again, probably still someone that around this sort of spot is fine. Um, probably not oh, super high upside. Hunter here, because uh, very boring pick, but um, at you know wherever we're at at the moment, 190-something, you know, it's going to get some points. Um, that's about it. Maybe a couple of couple of the other counting stats. Yeah, it's hard to get starting NBA players at this point in the draft because we yeah, we're nearly two hundred picks deep, and obviously there's only one hundred and fifty starters. And that's in a pick the I NBA. love. Kelly Oubre. Pretty sure he's going to be signing with Miami as soon as they sort out this um, this drama with Dame, and yeah, right. uh, he could be in line to be starting. They put up a lot of shots last year with Charlotte missing a lot of their players. If you stay on Charlotte, that won't happen. But in Miami, they, they're not very deep. So, if that well, the rumor to... is um, the rumor is uh, that um, what's his name, Caleb Martin, is you know someone that um, the Trailblazers have been asking for uh, in that trade. So they don't want to give him up. Obviously, he's important to that team, and they don't really have anyone else on the wing there. But Martin out, Ubre in. Um, yeah, he's not going to match him defensively, but if he gets those minutes, he's going to he's going to sort of replicate what he did uh, in Charlotte last year at the very least, uh, with upside for for for, for even more. Um, You're on the clock here, mate. Just uh, yeah. twelve seconds to get your pick in. Yeah, it's all good. I've got a top two sitting there. I'm, I'm, well, I'll let you pick before. Oh, I've got AJ Griffin, and then I've got someone someone else sitting at the top of my queue. Yeah. Um, I'll, I won't say it in case I can get him on the way back. Uh, AJ Griffin was someone that I quite liked. Now, what? I think he's a solid player. Like he's yes. just he passes that eye test. You can just tell that he's he's going to be a good contributor in the NBA at some point, and it could be this season. Now, again, I'm I'm trying to take upside here. I'm trying to get guys that if I can use them for even just a week or two, if someone goes down and they can step into a larger role, I want to get them on my team. So I'm going to go with a player that I traditionally don't like, but he has had big games in the past, and that is Cam <laughs> Thomas. And hopefully he can give me four 40-point games in a row again this season and um, yeah. shoot 20 free throws a game, hitting 90%. So if he could do that for a couple of weeks, that, that will be good for my team. Yeah. Um, I don't and now I have to go back to the drawing board for my next pick. Oh, did I get you again? You did. Oh, you did. Awesome. Awesome. I'm but happy they, like it's it's a very logical pick there because you know how deep are they at the guard position over there in Brooklyn? Not very. Yeah. Um. So he's you've got of, Dennis Smith who's moved over there, but like you know he's he's not really standing in his way. Do they make a trade at some point? Obviously, we expect them to make more trades in the off season than they actually did. So. Well, it's almost like, well, which way is the ball going when when you call it a substitution, right? Like if it's um, if it's going on to a defensive possession, then Smith's coming in. If it's going on to an offense position, it's uh, it's Cam coming in. So, yeah. so Smith is another guy who's on my list here um, as a as a defensive stat guy. But because I've gone the punt steal route, his value might not be quite as high for me. So probably will look a different direction. Um, yeah, well, I'm going for a. I've got a uh, a Cam Thomas uh, simile at the top of my list, so hopefully uh, you're not going to tax him off me too. Oh, okay. Uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, let's have a look here. See if I've missed anyone. I'm not using any trackers, so I probably missed someone. Um, no, I don't think so. 
at this point, I'm just doing the doom scroll through the old... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right, let's take a flyer here because... Oh, I'm so sorry, that's not my pick just yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at maybe targeting some of these rookies, for example. I don't know if this guy's any good. I actually don't know anything about him really from a stat point of view. Oh, I do know a bit about him, but he's a mystery box this season and he's on a bad team. So come March, February, he could be doing something. So let's go with Bilal Kulabali uh, from the Washington Wizards and just hope that they tank and he gets 36 minutes a night down the stretch of the season. He, he dominated when he was playing lower grade in um, the French League, but struggled a bit playing up. So hopefully another year he seems to have grown a little bit. I think there's some good things here. I'm not expecting much in year one, but again, 204 flyer. We'll see how we go. Mm, well, I'm going to take someone in the Cam Thomas vein, like I said. Uh, probably less opportunity to uh, step into a bigger role, but I think probably higher, more potential to be a, a more of a solid overall NBA player long term. I like it. Uh, and that's, uh, that's Jaden Hardy from Dallas. And actually the second guy on my list there uh, is also a Dallas player um, who's, uh, who's probably significantly – well, not significantly less upside, but I think less overall upside, Josh Green. Yes. Uh, he's going to be very sort of slow and steady, help you win the race, amazing um, percentages. Yeah. Um, he went through a stretch um, when he started getting big minutes um, toward the end of last season where he was just absolutely shooting the lights out. Didn't do much on the Australia team um, in the FIBA World Cup. Should have done more, I reckon. Um, yeah, some of these coaching decisions are a bit... Um, Oh, Dyson Daniels playing. What did he play? Four minutes or something like that. That's just. Well, he's yeah. he's another guy on my list here at the moment, but um, yeah, probably don't need his steals. He's going to give me, but yeah, uh, no, yeah, I think I think Green is another guy that yeah he's on my queue as well. I don't know. Yeah, the upside's yeah not quite as high. I like the Hardy pick though. I think that yeah, if anything happens to you know Luca or a Kyrie does something to get himself suspended, like we sort of talked about before, then um, James Hardy will probably be the want to benefit the most in that kind of a scenario. So that's the We're kind of thing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing we look for in these weekly changes league is that that opportunity if it does present itself, who can provide that big short-term value. Um, at least that's the way I, I approach it. Um, there goes Dunn, Chris Dunn. I had him um, reasonably high up on my um, in my queue. Um, I don't think he, there's any particularly high upside with him. Um, but he did run the point um, at Utah for last uh, month or so of last season, did it yeah. reasonably well, gets a lot of assists, gets steals, um, actually was scoring a bit toward the end of last season. So um, as a last pick, and particularly in the deeper leagues, I think that's pretty solid. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to play this season. And we were talking about Sexton being sort of – well, they don't really have a point guard. Is it yeah. Chris Dunn? Well, Chris Dunn probably is the best playmaking point guard on the team, mm. but he, he probably just doesn't have that much of a future with the team. So whether they prioritise trying guys out at different positions and, and trying to – you know, you know, maybe it's the Keontae George that they want to, the force feed in there at the, at the guard position. But if you were really trying to win games and, and um, have a traditional point guard out there, I think Chris Dunn's probably your closest thing to it uh, on, on Utah. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they run things out, uh, both at the start of the season and, and when things go from there. Vezenkov goes um, there at pick number, what was that, pick 213. I, I've seen some people quite high on him, um, maybe the, the European crowd, but 
that's not an me. That's an interesting, <laughs> interesting pick there. Um, uh, John well, Isaac was MVP and goes, over there, wasn't he? He's the MVP of Euroleague. I want to say he was. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, Remember that he's coming in. I think he's twenty-seven or twenty-eight years old. So yeah, he's exactly. Not a, he's not a younger player, but. He's got the rookie designation, but he's not your typical rookie. Yes, so he'll be a decent shooter, if nothing else. Jonathan Isaac then goes. I, I think that we're just crossing our fingers there. Look, at this point, I don't mind it. Um, don't yeah, mind last it. pick uh, or second last pick, uh, I think, you know, if he can play 20 minutes a night, then that's gravy as well. Who are you, who are you hoping or eyeing off for this final pick here? Are you still um, got your eyes on uh, on Green here? He hasn't gone yet, has he? I've got Green there. I've got Branham um, sitting underneath him. Uh, I've got Trace Jackson Davis as sort of a, a bit of a, a flyer because um, you know he there's no real rim runners uh, on that Golden State team. You're not going to see Kevin Looney um, playing like that. Um, so I think there's a bit of potential for him to get you know uh, get a consistent role on that team, particularly playing in that second unit with Chris Paul. Really. Um, suits that type of game. Um, so, yeah, I've got him there. I think Cam Whitmore is a bit more interesting with this KPJ. Yeah, game. that's a good point, yep. Um, and, frankly, getting KPJ out of Houston is probably good for Whitmore. It actually um, – look, I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't want to – obviously, it's, it's terrible what happened, but in terms of, like, for the Houston Rockets and their development, like, getting – rid of KPJ in terms of like a barrier for these other younger players in terms of minutes could be in long term like part of their best interest uh, because they, they have so much talent on this squad so much good talent um, that just aren't quite able to get onto the court because of the fact that they are so deep with those young players so it also opens up more cap space for them as well so um, I think actually I was looking at it last night and I was thinking that's on multiple levels, this is just a blessing for Houston because yeah. you could see how, you know, it's sort of like the odd man out um, yeah. on that team. Uh, I saw another post the other day with just like all the stuff that he's got in trouble for, and I've never really seen it stacked up like that uh, going yeah. back like five years uh, where I thought, um, you know, maybe there was a little bit of some something to – you know, a bit of a saving grace somewhere buried there, but um, seemingly not. Not, not the case. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. definitely, definitely fix the moniker of today's uh, passcode in shit bloke. So, yeah. yeah, remember, guys, drop that down in the comments if you want your chance to join the Fantasy Basketball International World Cup. If you've joined us and lasted through these one hour and twenty three minutes, thank you very much. Appreciate your support. Uh, drop a thumbs up if you have lasted this long, guys. Uh, would love to see lots of thumbs up on this video on YouTube as well. And a reminder, if you want to verse me in fantasy basketball and you, if you stuck around for this this entire mock draft, that probably tells me you've got the attitude to do well in the 30-team championship league. So definitely go over and drop a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and leave your Twitter handle on there. And uh, basically at this stage, the first 29 entries are going to be in. So as soon as I have enough entries in there, we will be kicking it off. So if you want to do do it, go and do it, uh, and drop that one in, and you'll pretty much be in. So um, there goes Cam Whitmore there at pick number 219 um, after Asumnu and Champagne from the Spurs, which is an interesting name. He's He's got a good fantasy game about him. I don't know how much he's going to play, but... I think Brandon's ahead of him. Yeah. So I would have... I would have preferred Brandon there. Yeah. I mean, there's still... I mean, yeah, there goes a the guy that was on my queue, Santi Aldama, who was... 
really good in stretches last season, and he's still quite a young player, unique stat set. I, I think he's getting slept on a little bit um, in, in dynasty leagues and in deep leagues as well. Um, I still think he has a bit to contribute to this team. This bloke on the clock, Luca B7, take a look at his team. Tell me what you think. I, like, I'll tell you what I think quickly. It's just like moments of genius and then moments of like, why? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of nothing on here. I think... Um, yeah, I mean, the Kawhi pick, and then, I mean, DeRozan was a, was a huge steal. Didn't love the Allen. Um, yeah. You know, he's top of the projected standings on Basketball Monster, and it's not even close. Like, Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's got massive, massively punting threes and assists, and he's pretty pretty strong across the board otherwise. Yeah, okay. Well, that's the power yeah. of a good punt strategy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not following along in any draft tracker right now, so I've got no idea how well my team is doing. Do you, do you have it up you're, there? Yeah, you're middle of the pack. Okay. Um, yeah, you're uh, closer to the bottom than the top. Oh, no, not good. Okay. Well, hopefully my projections are, are better than Josh Lloyd's projections. You're 12th, <laughs> and I am 16th, and that's, that's Kyle's projections. And if I flick over to Josh's projections... Um, no difference. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see how we go. Obviously, um, you know, projections will be one thing, but how the league plays out is a totally different story as well. So um, going through well. this last round of the draft here, Dorian Finney-Smith goes, I just, that there is zero upside there in that pick there. Thomas Bryant plays for Miami, maybe. If Bam goes down, maybe. Um We've got several picks left. So I, uh, I'll tell you who I'm targeting or some guys that hopefully you don't steal off me. Uh, Charles Bassey is on my list here as a guy that, again, we saw in stretches last season. Uh, maybe they're treating Victor Weminyama with, you know, some delicate delicate gloves there. Then they sit him down. He, he can definitely go off. Uh, Dayron Sharp for Brooklyn. Again, wait, if injury strikes and hits Clay... Um, uh, Claxton there, he's a guy per minute beast who can step into a larger role. Um, Kenyon, uh, sorry, KJ Martin is another guy on my list here. I'm not sure exactly where he fits in the mix over at Clippers, what they did with Marcus uh, Morris. He's an interesting one there. What do you think about him in terms of his role potentially for the Clippers this season? Yeah, I, I don't mind it actually. I've actually had KJ 7 and Bassey 8 on my list. Um, yeah. Probably a bit higher on KJ's potential for this season um, than I am for Bassi. Um and yeah, I think um, I think he's definitely. So you look at the Clippers team; and it's, it's completely stacked, and you think, "Wow, well, where's he going to get any time? He's not going to get any minutes." But we know that um, Kawhi is going to, you know, uh, yeah, not play every game. We know that um, that uh, that uh, who am I trying to say? Um, uh, George Paul George isn't going to play every game as well, and I think he's their natural backup. And yeah, I think he's going to play more than people expect. That's basically where I'm getting to with that. Yeah, I think he's going to have a pretty consistent role. I think with good players around him, he's not going to um, have the same defensive attention as he did at times in um, in Houston. And I think you'd be able to exploit that. And I've always sort of viewed him as quite a savvy player in some respects, even though he doesn't, um, you know, was put in the the as much energy on, on defense as he, as he might otherwise. I think that could change in um, Clippers. So, yeah, I don't mind that at all. And I've sort of been a, a longer-term fan of um, of him um, over the years as yeah, well. Yeah, I have too. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, he's, he's gone off the board now, so he went uh, a few picks back. After that was uh, your boy, Josh Green, Xavier Tillman, Cameron Payne. Interesting, not signed to a team just yet, but I assume he'll go somewhere. I'm actually hoping the Celtics pick him up. Um, so, so San Antonio waved him, did they? They did. No, no, they waved no, no. him. Yeah, so he got oh, waved. Uh, I think it happened a couple of days ago. Um, okay. So, yeah, he's he's gone. He's out of there. Um, I don't know if he's signed anywhere yet. Sheik Milton, Dennis Smith Jr., who I was, he was on my board as well, Killian Hayes, and David Roddy. And it's up to you now for your final pick of this mock draft. Uh, so I've got Branham on the board, up the top of my board. Um, and I've got Trace Jackson Davis coming in next. Um, I probably need more of those center stats, uh, but I'm just probably more confident in random getting a crack this year. So let me lock him in. Okay. You've locked him in. I'm deciding between a Charles Bassey and a Dayron Sharp. I think I'm going to go with Bassey. So I'd go with Jackson Davis ahead of both those guys. Just Jackson Davis? Yeah, yeah, just the, up, just the upside. Um, I don't know if I, I share your enthusiasm with a uh, with a Jackson Davis. Um, Steve Kerr is yeah. not known for um, um, giving rookies a lot of um, leeway. Yeah, there. I'd probably even go a Moody over him again. I've got the Clay Thompson, so maybe that's a bit of a handcuff that I could do. Maybe I could do that. Um, that's that could be a right. Let's, let's so go back to away from getting a getting big minutes. And he doesn't need he doesn't need big minutes like he, him in sixteen minutes in terms of the two hundred thirty seventh ranked player he'll he'll be there by a hundred spots in like sixteen minutes a night so I think mm. that's fine um, and I've got a few center options now in a in a league that obviously is deep and, and centers can lack so maybe someone wants to come and trade for me and get a center for their team and overpay for them so let's uh while now that this is finished off we'll just quickly go through our team um, and see how they all shaped up. So if you want to go through your team, what you liked, what you didn't like, and how it ended up, and uh, yeah, talk me through your, your strategy. All righty. So um, yeah, I went for Sabonis at the beginning. Um, I'm sort of conscious this year that there's really two spots to find centers right at the beginning. You get good centers with good percentages. And then in that sort of 80 to 100 zone, there's some other centers, but they've each got their own um, deficiency. Um, so I thought it was important to get someone early on um, that was going to provide me those stats. So I went with Sabonis. Probably doesn't score as much as I needed um, in a league like this. Uh, backed that up with Garland, which I guess is all right. I wanted those assists, but he also is an elite scorer as well. And that sort of pushed me towards, um, uh, well, it's put me in hot water in terms of the like the points that I was accumulating. Um, so, yeah, I think that was probably the weakest part of my draft. Also the most important, obviously, those first couple of picks. Um, I think I should have had a better idea about who I was going to pair together and then what punt um, I was going to go with. My normal strategy in a 12-team league is like, well, just play, you know, play it by ear, see how you go, draft one, draft two, draft three guys, and then and then build out your team from there. But I think you've got to be a lot, a lot more considered in these deeper leagues and have an idea of, like, who pairs well together. Yeah. Um, so I sort of dropped the ball there. Um, and then, yeah, I sort of followed that up with Jamal Murray. Um, I think he's going to probably outperform um, the projections that um, I've seen floating about for him. So um, not too bad there. Um, but then it was looking like a punt blocks um, build. I grabbed the Kongwu so I could get some rebounds um, whilst also not um, uh, sort of tanking my free throw percentage. But he brought my blocks all the way back up. So I doubled down and went with Mark Williams. 
probably in retrospect should have gone with Kuzma um, there just to get yeah, some more points on the ball. Um, he also would have given me some rebounds. Um, so, yeah, I think those first five picks is where it sort of went off the rails for me a bit. Um, which is uh, disappointing because they're the, they're the key ones. But then for me, I'm pretty happy with the rest of the draft. Just um, Eamon Thompson, Shaden Sharp. I think both of those guys have the ability to like significantly outperform um, where I drafted them. Uh, and then Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, AJ Griffin. I think all three of those guys, um, uh, given the right situation, could have uh, sort of career best years. Um and then Jaden Hardy and Branham, I think they're perfect picks for the end of the draft. Um, they're guys that you you think that it's a good chance that they're going to sort of take a significant step up at some point. Is it this season, though? That's that's the biggest question. Yeah, yeah I think obviously we're getting 200 picks deep, so you, you, you're going to take on some players that probably won't play too much. Um, but again, like we said, that weekly changes format does change things, uh, in my opinion. So um, just go through my team. I think... The Chet Holmgren pick is the pick that I, I come back to the most, and it's kind of where my draft pivoted a little bit. Um, I don't know if I would have been better suited going with a bit more of a punt blocks, punt field goal percentage strategy, but tried to sort of salvage it a little bit more after getting him because I thought it was a good spot to grab him. But, um, yeah, just sort of filled out the rest of my squad with some guys I thought were decent value, conscious of keeping my points and assists relatively healthy throughout the first sort of 150 ranks or so. Um, But yeah, we'll see how we go. I think that the learning here is that, like you sort of said and summarized, that going in with a clear strategy or establishing a punt strategy and a build as quickly as possible and really sticking to that, I think with these deeper leagues, is a big learning point from, from an exercise like this because I think the players that go hard on like that team, whether you punt assist or you punt points or you, you punt something really strongly and you really solidify yourself in six categories. I think that that in this kind of a, a, a league in a deeper format is probably a, a stronger way to go in my opinion. Um, but again, if everyone's doing that, then you might be able to get away with doing a bit more of balance. So it is a bit of a, a mix and match, but pretty more a bit more difficult to pull off than um, in those standard leagues where you can sort of get guys falling to you, whereas this you've got to reach a fair bit. I think it's a lot more viable to sort of do a heavy punt in a format yeah. like this as well, like maybe punting three categories rather than like two. Yeah, yeah, I agree, definitely. And I think that's where I probably went a bit unstuck because I've only really punted the steals. I probably could have gone a bit more aggressive and, and maybe grabbed some other values and um, – hunt some more things and build up more of my strengths but we live and we learn that will do it for us today guys thank you very much for joining along if you have stuck around to the end of the podcast make sure you drop in that secret uh, code word shit bloke at the end there and um, if you want to go over and join the ball boys championship 30 head over to apple Podcasts and give this podcast a five star rating and review go and check out um, the uh, fbibasketball.com over there. Check out their Discord. They've got lots of great stuff going on. Follow uh, B-Dub at Hidden Upside on Twitter. And until next time, guys, we will catch you later. Bye.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.